The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. And uh, just before Peter shares a wee word with us, I want to remind you again that Jesus is in the business of changing lives. Mm. He changed their lives. Peter and Rom are brought up in a church background, in a church home. I was brought up in a big, rough Roman Catholic family. But they were as lost as me. Yeah. We both had to come. We both had to find the Savior. Yeah. No matter what my background was or your background is, see, Jesus loves you. It says here, he loved the unlovable. He touched the untouchable. Remember the leper? He cured the uncurable. The woman with issue of blood. And he saved the unsavable. Mm. Thanks to Calvary tonight. I'm not the man I used to be. Amen. As Tommy said, just for a few minutes, we want to look at part of, we don't have time to go into all of it, but we want to look at part of the reading that Gillian gave to us. And you know, this is one of the most important and interesting meetings 
that ever took place in the Bible. Nicodemus thought he was coming to speak to a rabbi sent from God. Instead, he met the Son of God. And so who was Nicodemus? Well, we heard he was a very important man, a member of the Sanhedrin, a Pharisee. The Sanhedrin was made up of Pharisees and Sadducees, and they really didn't go on. And you know, even the Pharisees didn't go on with each other. But in these factions, Nicodemus was very prominent. And Jesus called him, as we heard, a, a teacher of Israel. And I'm sure he would have witnessed Jesus' miracles. He certainly would have heard all about them. And the religious leaders hated Jesus. Now, obviously, Nicodemus must have felt a bit different because he was curious about Jesus. He wanted to speak to him, but unseen. He wanted to go at night when people wouldn't actually see him going in to meet him. But what Nicodemus would find out is so important, not just for him, but for us too. And Jesus told people to take heed how you hear, because it's important to listen carefully. You know, when a subject is life and death, he was saying you should really listen carefully to that. And what could be even more important is when a subject is dealing with eternal life and death. And Jesus broke the conversation down into two parts, earthly and heavenly. But as we heard, Nicodemus struggled with the first earthly part. Jesus had told them, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God, let alone enter it. But he kept asking, how can these things be? How can you enter again into your mother's womb? And Jesus said, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these earthly things? How will you understand when I talk to you about heavenly things? See, the problem was Nicodemus was operating in the natural realm, but Jesus was speaking to him about spiritual things in the spiritual realm. And although he was a great teacher, he knew nothing about that realm. He didn't understand that his natural thinking was no good to him in this realm. He had to hear what Jesus was telling him and believe it. Jesus told Nicodemus, yes, I am sent from God. Yes, I do miracles, but that's not why I came. I came to save and this is what Jesus taught about himself on many occasions. That he was here to seek and to save the lost. So how did he get the message through to Nicodemus? Well, he took him to a passage in the Old Testament. A passage that Nicodemus would know all about. Where God had miraculously brought the children of Egypt out of Israel. I'm sure you're familiar with the story. They were slaves and Israel forced to gather straw to make bricks. And God sent Moses to Pharaoh, saying, let my people go. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And it took many plagues sent from God before eventually Pharaoh said, okay, go. But you know, even then, when the children of Israel left, Pharaoh changed his mind and chased them right to the, the Red Sea. And we know God parted the Red Sea, and the Egyptians went through it on dry land. Sorry, the Israelites went through it on dry land. The Egyptians tried to follow them. 
and the sea closed in and the Egyptians were drowned. And so they continued towards Canaan. And God gave them victories over their enemies. And they rejoiced in that. He sent them manna from heaven to feed them a special type of bread from heaven. And they rejoiced in that for a time. But as they began to journey, part of the journey would get hard. They were hungry. And their minds began to think back to Egypt. But they weren't thinking about the beatings that they'd been given or the work that they were forced to do gathering bricks and straw. No, they were thinking of the food that they ate. They were thinking, oh, it was great back then. All the lovely vegetables and the pots of stew. And so they began to murmur and complain and think about how good it was in Egypt, but has God brought us here to die in the desert? They were complaining against God. And the result was that God's wrath was poured out on them. And how did that come about? Well, they sent fiery serpents to bite them and inject their venom into them. And anyone bitten, and I'm sure it wouldn't have been a, a pleasant death, but anyone bitten died. And I'm not sure about the firing, about if, if it was how they looked. Maybe it was just angry serpents. But you can rest assured, I hate serpents. I really don't like them. And if anything I can think in worse than a snake would be a fiery snake. I just don't like them at all. But soon, as people were dying all around about them, they realized what they had done. They realized they had sinned before God. And they came to Moses saying, we've sinned against God. Pray for us. And Moses did. And God told them how they could be saved. He told Moses to make a bronze serpent and to attach it onto a pole and to go into the midst of the people who were dying and to lift it up, telling them to look at the bronze serpent on the pole and if they looked, they would live. And Nicodemus, he knew the history of the children of Israel. He knew the scriptures. This is where he was a teacher of Israel. And so he knew all about this incident. But what he wasn't ready for was when Jesus told him this. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. He must have thought, yes, this is a rabbi sent from God, the Son of Man, but wait a minute. The Son of God, the Messiah lifted up to die. You see, they were waiting for a Messiah, but they were waiting for a king to come and defeat the Roman Empire and to rout them and make Israel a great nation again. But a Messiah that would be lifted up on a pole, I could only be crucified. A man lifted on a pole, this was horrifying to them. But Jesus was telling them this is how it must be. And right from the very first sin in the Garden of Eden, mankind is under the wrath of God. You know, people don't like to hear that. We love to hear about God's love. And it's rightly so. God is love. He loved us so much he sent Jesus, but it's only part of his character. And as sinners, the Bible clearly teaches we're under 
the wrath of God. Jesus and many other people in the Bible spoke about the wrath of God. John the Baptist told the religious leaders when he saw them, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? The Apostle Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And when the Lord sent out the disciples, he told them to preach, flee from the wrath to come. Paul speaks of God's wrath ten times in the book of Romans alone. Jesus told a story, a true story, of the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus, it was really a picture of someone who was saved and who wasn't. And the rich man and Lazarus had completely opposite lives. Lazarus had a hard life. It says the dogs came and licked his sores. The rich man fared sumptuously, had a really comfortable life. It was like the broad road and the narrow road. But when they died, it was different also. It says when Lazarus died, the angels carried him to paradise. The rich man died and was buried. Jesus went on to tell about how he lifted up his voice in hell, crying out, Father Abraham, let Lazarus go back and tell my brothers not to come to this place. But it was too late. See, Jesus warned about the wrath of God. And this is the message that Jesus told Nicodemus. And it's a message that he's telling you tonight. If you're not saved, you are under the wrath of God because of your sin. Romans 3 and 23 says, All have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6 and 23 says, The wages of sin is death. You know, when they were bit by the fairy of serpents, they've died physically. But God's wrath will bring spiritual death. We are all born spiritually dead because of sin. And if we're not saved, we'll go into eternity in that state. But Jesus said, as we heard in the reading, should not perish. Do you realize that tonight? Do you realize if you're not saved that you're perishing? You'll enter an eternity of spiritual death, a torment that will never end. It's horrible and terrible. But it was Jesus himself who warned the most about it. And when they were bitten in the wilderness, they could do nothing about it. No medicine. They were helpless and dying. They had no remedy. It was certain death. And that's exactly the state we're in. We can do nothing about our sin. You can try and live a good life. You can go to church. You can sing in a group or play a piano and sing. It makes no difference. The only thing that will make a difference is Jesus. It's all hopeless and it will all lead to death. Only Jesus can save us. And that's why he said, if I be lifted up, the world was placed upon him. He died and rose again to pay the price to save the lost. Are you lost tonight? You know, if you are, you don't need to leave here lost. You don't need to go another minute in this world lost. You can look to Jesus and be saved. That's the love 
that God has. That's his loving character, that his son would come from heaven, worship the angels, the creator of this whole universe, would become lower than the angels and walk that road to Calvary and die with the sin of the world on him. Your sin and my sin. There's only two states tonight. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're not in the kingdom of God. That's what Nicodemus learned when he met Jesus. And now you know it too. So the question is, will you look to Jesus tonight? Will you accept his free gift of salvation? Or will you reject it? We pray you'll accept it. While there is still time, one day Jesus will come back in the clouds. And one day, our souls will be required of us. We'll close our eyes for the last time on this earth. And only what we've done with God's Son, Jesus Christ, will matter when we stand before him. We will either stand before him as our saviour or as our judge. Oh, we pray that you will look to Jesus and live, accept him, confess your sins to God the Father through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You become a new creation to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and one day meet him as your saviour. If you're in here tonight and you'd like to speak about it, we'd love to talk to you. We've got Bibles, if you need one, we'd love to give you it. We've got leaflets. I know Robert's got plenty of leaflets. We pray tonight that you will seek the Lord Jesus while he may be found. And our last song really says, Jesus, oh Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Thank you.